Storywise would end season four, episode nine. Welcome to Storywise Would End. True stories told live in Would End in the Macedon Ranges, 70 kilometres north of Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Well, there you have it. We've come to the end of our season, season four. This is episode nine, and I'm your host, Des Rock. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Kate, for taking a chance on me to bring these stories to the world through the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed them as much as I've enjoyed putting them together. I'd love some feedback, so if you want to look me up, I'm Des Rock, that's D-E-Z-R-O-C-K, all over social media. Um, So reach out if you'd like to. Otherwise, let me introduce my last story to you, one told beautifully by Sue Yardley, who self-proclaims her longbow interpretation of fire. Sit back, relax and enjoy. I grew up in a a sort of a half-baked Protestant household. I say half-baked because my mother uh, was and is uh, a believer, a churchgoer, and my father wasn't. So with only one parent you know, being on our case, <laughs> myself and my older brothers and sisters got off fairly lightly. We still went along to St Columbus Church, which is at the end of our street, every Sunday. But being Protestants, we also got off pretty easy compared to other religions. Uh, we didn't have to kneel. We didn't have to confess our sins. We didn't have to um, take communion. In fact, as kids, after 10 minutes, we were allowed to skive off and go into a room behind the church with a teenage girl and kind of do lame craft activities, (laughs) really. So, you know, the religious thing was, was not really a big part of our family. So it came as quite a shock to me when... At the end of grade six, my parents informed me that I was going to be packed off to a girls' Catholic school. I didn't know any Catholics. Um, uh, No, that's not quite true. The only Catholics I knew were the Italian family that lived next door. And they were kind of pretty exotic and a bit mysterious. And I didn't really know much about the Catholic religion. The only thing I knew really was that they... Uh, pierced their baby's ears. <laughs> um, so, going off to a uh, not, I'm, you know, my brothers and sisters, we, we'd all gone, you know, good, good proddies. We'd gone to the state school and we'd, you know, um, slung names at the Catholic kids. <laughs> and so now here I was having to go off to this school. And uh, this school was in uh, Terelgan, which was the next town along from us. And uh, anyone that was here last time would remember that um, people in Latrobe Valley don't have the need to say all of these syllables <laughs> in, the, in, in, in words. So 
This school was in Trelgan, <laughs> which was a 20-minute bus, bus ride away. So 1974, February, <laughs> off I went into the world of the unknown, this girls' school. I think there were 600 girls at this school and a uniform. Now, this was something I'd never encountered before either and I'd just like to paint this picture for you. Brown, chocolate brown tunic, four inches above the knee. Oh, below? Below the knee. Lemon, citrus lemon blouse underneath with a Peter Pan collar. Fawn cardi. Fawn socks. And brown shoes. Um... No jewellery, that was only... A, you, were, you were allowed a crucifix, that was all. I didn't have one of those, so no jewellery. So off, off we went. What about the... The pierced ears. Oh, the pierced ears, yes. You, I think they were, girls were allowed a, a plain sleeper arrangement, but uh, nothing, nothing more than that. Oh, and the, the, the piece de resistance was the blazer, also chocolate brown. And embroidered in green and yellow on the, the left-hand pocket was the school motto, which was Fortita et Suavita, strength and sweetness. Oh. Now, in the years to come, I reinterpreted this motto to be sucks and sluts. <laughs> so, off, off I went on the bus in my uniform... Which I think Mum had got second hand, so I didn't quite fit, you know. Off to Kildare College, Trailgan. And it was a Brigidine nun school. So this was the other big mystery. There were these women there that were nuns that wore full habits, the headgear, the everything. And this was a complete mystery to me. I'd never come across nuns before. And the chief nun was a woman called Sister Conliffe. And she was one of the most... No, she was the most frightening woman I had ever encountered. She was, she was large. I always think of her, even though they wore white habits in summer and black habits in winter, when I think of her, I only can see the black habit she was large, she was kind of red-faced, and she was scary. She had very kind of trunk-like legs. <laughs> that, um, kind of spilled over the edges of her shoes. They were men's shoes, like black Julius Marlowe shoes. And she ruled this school with a rod of iron. She, uh, she was... She didn't bother at all to punch girls in the head, <laughs> to throw things at them, to backhand them across the face. I remember one time Irene Vesky very foolishly wore surfy beads to school. And she was in the bus line in Quadrangle waiting to you know, get on the bus to go home and Sister Conleth used to do laps and she spotted Irene and the offending survey beads and 
raced over. Now, surfy beads used to be threaded on fishing line. <laughs> and she got her claw-like hand and grabbed the surfy beads and held Irene Meskey's shoulder and kind of wrenched this thing. <laughs> beads went everywhere. And poor Irene was left with this sort of, you know, cut across the back of her neck where the fishing line had cut in. This is the same woman who also used to patrol the school and if you were caught talking or, you know, just doing, like, anything at, at this school, you were sent outside. You know, Mrs McIntosh or whoever it was would say, you know, outside, sit in the corridor and Sister Conworth will deal with you when she comes along and you'd go and you'd sit there and you'd shit yourself because you knew, you knew at some point in the next 20 minutes that she was going to come along the corridor and when she did, she would you know, kind of lumber up and she'd say, you know, why are you out here? And you'd oh, I'm talking, sister. <laughs> right, you know, kneel down there. And it was, you know, floorboards. You'd have to kneel down with your, your bare knees on the floorboards. She'd say, hands on head. Okay. So not unlike the position of, you know, if you're about to be executed. Really. Take up the position. And then, and then she'd say, and you do not move a muscle and I will be back to check. So... But, you know, you were so scared, you just, like, you stayed there and the lines were being dug into your knees and your arms would ache and she would, she'd come back and she'd check and, you know, just, anyway, um, she was, she was, she was a scary woman. Now, years later, oh, I forgot the thing. <laughs> Here's the long bow. <laughs> She was a fire and brimstone kind of woman. I meant to say that first up, but she was. Years later, I went to a some kind of reunion type thing. Uh, it wasn't like a student reunion. It was, it was, I don't know, there was some anniversary that the school was celebrating and, you know, we were invited to come along and help, help celebrate and I, and I, I don't know, I guess I was, I don't know, maybe 30 by this, by this stage. So I went along and was really enjoying seeing people and chatting. And I noticed over in the corner, there was a, a woman in a wheelchair. And I said, Who, who's, who's that over there? And they said, it's Sister Conleth. What? I would never have recognised her because she was like half the size She's sitting in this wheelchair, and I went over to her, I said, hello, sister, you know, you might not remember me, hello, and I kind of put my hand out to shake her hand, and um, she looked up at me, and her eyes were sort of, you know, dim with dementia, and she kind of put her hand up and just started to just pluck at imaginary things in the air. And it was like, you know, all the fire had gone out of this woman. And even though, like, I hated her when I was at school and I was scared of her, 
I came away from that thinking, we're all the same, we're all just frail people in the end. And it, yeah, anyway, she died not, not long after that. And yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> anyway, but sister Thanks for listening to StoryWise Would End. If you want to know more about StoryWise or me, Kate Lawrence, then head over to storywise.com.au. And remember, your stories matter.